Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Tori Gerbig, who is the founder, the CEO, just the absolute total machine, incredible woman, wife, mother, entrepreneur. Your bandwidth for life is extraordinary. Like talking to you, I already know I'm like, I'm just, I can't wait to hear what's in your brain because you can do so much and you have done so much. And I know that you encourage others to do these same things that you have done. But there is a special breed of people like yourself who can literally take an idea like you did of starting a clothing line online and starting it out of your house for like $300 and then turning it into what? Is it $141 million in sales you made (laughs) last year? I mean, not all people can do A to B like that. So it is incredible to talk to you, Tori. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me on here today. Do you, um, do you just go? Is that what happens? Like, do you just get an idea and start? Like, talk to me about this vision because a lot of people love clothes. A lot of people start little side hustles. Not everyone becomes this massive empire. How yeah, get absolutely. Going? So it really wasn't even honestly about clothes as much in the beginning of more of um, what do what can I sell online to get out of debt? <laughs> My husband and I honestly didn't have a lot of uh, money at the time. We combined, I believe, made you know $50,000 income salary. That's him and I both together. And of course, we had a mortgage. We had student loan debt that was higher than that. We had our one-year-old and I was like, we were drowning. And so we started selling things online, eBay, Etsy, you know, just um, 
monogram things, monogram scarves, uh, accessories, whatnot. And it really transitioned into clothes whenever I started a Facebook group. And it was more accessory focused in the beginning. But also, I just saw a gap that there wasn't anything great that was also affordable that you could get at your local stores. You know, it was very expensive in the market or very cheap. You know, there wasn't like this mid-level great items that you could get for 30 or 40 bucks in the clothing world. It was like hundreds of dollars, name brand stuff or, or, you know, stuff that's going to fall apart. So um, whenever I started a Facebook group in 2013, it really quickly transitioned to clothes because all of the, the members in there were like, can you get this? I would love this. I would love tops that help me feel more confident. I would really love to see more, you know, things that are inspirational for, you know, designer styles, but not really with that price point. So it kind of transitioned into to offering something for the customers that I had that helped them feel confident, but also didn't break the bank. Because I feel like Pink Lily is really in a league of its own. The other people that might compare and tell me if I'm totally off, would, would it be like Forever 21, H&M? What's the difference there? Because if I'm going to shop cheap, it would, it, besides Pink, not not that Pink Lily is cheap, but like if I'm going to shop yeah. affordable, I would think, what would be the competitors? Would it be like an H&M or Forever 21? Or is that just a yeah. is it? The difference with H&M and Forever 21 is the mass production that they do. So you're going to see so many people wearing the same exact item. Whereas with us being more of a curated boutique and, you know, our own ideas for the most part. And then we also limit how much we bring in and we don't overproduce. Like you're going to have very, like, you're going to stand out, you're going to wear something and you're not going to like worry about going into a party or to a concert and seeing a ton of people wearing the exact same thing. So while the price point might be very similar to the H&M, the Zara's of the world, um, we're not mass producing the way, the level that they are. Um, so you're you're going to be able to like have a unique piece. Okay. I love that. So kind of talk to me about how this thing grew. You started it and it started in your house and then it grew and grew. And then you finally quit your job and you yeah. were hoping to make like $50,000 and you made like a million or something. Yeah. Yeah. So our first year we launched January, 2014 from our house, um, had no idea how to launch a website. I had just graduated college a couple of years prior and like we did a little website, but I was like, I'm not a website person. Um, so my husband did it. It was like $1,500 to get our website going in the back end and filing all that. I pretty much was handling what I was buying to sell, doing the selling, the marketing, and he did all the back end work for it. Um, getting that business license up, all the things that I just didn't really want to do. And um, so when we launched in January, we were like, you know what? We would love coming off that Christmas and seeing like kind of what we sold on Etsy and eBay. We're like, we would love to set a goal for $50,000 in revenue. If we sell $50,000 in revenue, we could probably pay about $10,000 off of credit card debt and reinvest and grow more in into a product assortment. And it's just a side hobby, you know, something that we would just do on the side. And then from there, within the first seven months, we hit a million dollars of revenue. How does that feel? What does that feel (laughs) like? Your goal was 50,000 and you hit a million. I mean, what is going on internally when that happens? Yeah, we were actually still at my house too. Like we were not even like we were packaging orders on our dining room table still at that point when we hit the million dollars in revenue. So that was crazy. I just left my job in April. Everyone tried to talk us out of it. And especially my husband, when he left in July, they were like, you cannot just quit your job for this little side hustle that's only six months old. Like most businesses don't make it past three or four years. Like do not do it. Don't leave your insurance. Don't leave your benefits. 
all those things. But you um, said, no, I don't care. I'm doing this anyway. What is, yeah. What of you My got parents you? thought we were crazy. They were like, you had a one-year-old and not soon after I ended up with, pregnant with my daughter. And they're like, you cannot do this. But what was guiding million. you? Like, how did you have the confidence to do that? Like, how did you know? Like, you had so much on the line. You had so much at stake. You got a kid. You're pregnant. You have debt. You are in a job that's paying you not great as insurance. Like you said, they made like twenty five, thirty five thousand a year, which yeah. I mean is a lot of work for a little pay. But like, what gave you the confidence to take this leap of faith? Because I feel like this is the moment that so many people won't do, and this is the right. moment that changes the course of your life. Are you going to walk in your calling and alignment with what you know you're capable and called to do and what you can do? Or are you going to play it safe? And I feel like so many people hit this spot, but they won't take the leap. And you're even having all these people telling you're crazy. Don't do it. All your trusted, most confidant, closest people to you are saying, don't do this. How did you know to do that? Like, how did you know that this is what you're supposed to do when you had so much at stake? I think based on like where the sales were going, you know, every month it was growing and also knowing myself and how hard of a worker I am and how important it is um, for me to always do better than before. I trusted that I wasn't going to let it ever go backwards. And um, same with my husband. We were very hard workers. We always had, you know, two jobs throughout college to help support ourselves. And I also knew that if it didn't work out, I have a degree to fall back on and I do have experience in the marketing and sales world. So I was like, life is too short. We're going to just do it. And it was absolutely terrifying, you know, waking up every single day saying, look, if I don't hit this amount in sales, like I have no money coming in. So, um, you know, it was just, I think that's what drove me the most though, because I am a very, um, like I set goals for myself and I knew that every single day I had a goal to hit and I would exceed those goals and I worked really hard to do it. So it was terrifying, but it also ended up being the biggest reward in my life, you know, aside from my family and my, my marriage, it's, you know, right there behind it with, you know, changed the whole trajectory of our life. Are you a three on the Enneagram? Yes. And a seven, both. Figure. <laughs> I mix them both. These threes, you threes are capable of so much. Three is the, isn't it called the achiever? Yeah. So yeah, and I always was an overachiever in high school and elementary school and middle school and in cl- every club, always raising my hand to know the, an- like, know the answer. And I just, you know, teachers pet everything. So I think that's definitely some of my personality, but I was just, I was really driven and not going to ever let it fail. I just would love to know what it feels like to be in a brain like yours one day because I'm a four on the Enneagram, which is like the romantic and like the creative lost emotional soul. And I just live in the bottom of my feelings. Like literally, I feel like I could live at the bottom of a drain, just like crying in my feelings and the feelings for the world and all these feelings. And I take on everyone's feelings and I'm so just feelings driven all the time. And it's so annoying. And I'm like, I just wish that I could just get it done. Just get it done. Like you set these goals and you're like, let's do this. Like you suit up every day and you're like, we are going for it. We are not going to fail. It's going to happen. That's amazing, Tori. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, looking back on it, it really is inspirational and it's crazy just even like the what we've been through. Um, I definitely always encourage it, but I will say like it, we're 10 years down the road now. It is very different than when we started, you know, in 2014 compared to what it's going to be in 2024. And um, we also 
did have some luck with our timing and entering the e-com world and, you know, in the social media world too. What do you think the difference is now? What was your luck that you had then that's not there now? What's the difference of when you started versus now? Yeah. So when we started, you know, Instagram was not even that big, like very uh, just brand new uh, Facebook. Everything we posted got a massive organic reach, like millions and millions of views. Pinterest, very viral. Like we It wasn't so oversaturated. It wasn't oversaturated. It was very organic back in the day. And now every brand has a social media page. Every content creator is a brand. So it's like, there's so much, so much saturation with brands and with even content creators now that it's harder to reach any kind of audience the the way it was 10 years ago. I feel that. And I feel that my husband's an artist in the music industry and like he's on tour right now and putting out songs. And it's like, there's this whole TikTok world that was not there back in the day. Like when we entered the music industry 10 years ago and started and he got his first record deal and number one song and all that. It's like, that was such a different game to play than now when it's like everyone's going viral on TikTok and that's how you become the new artist. It's like, and you, you really, there's not like a whole, there's the strategy is so different and it involves yeah. so much magic on some of it. Like, is it going to, hit virally or not? And do you, have y'all integrated into this new TikTok viral, crazy consumer over consumer world? Like, how do you, how do you, how has it transitioned? Has it transitioned naturally because y'all already built that brand? Um, yes and no. So, um, no on the front of, you know, we're not a brand that's leading TikTok in any means, but it's really hard to find any brand, not person that's leading on TikTok. Um, we really owned Instagram for several years. It was great. We got into it very early, it went viral very easily, you know, worked out with great influencers that worked on Instagram. So as we've shifted over to TikTok, you know, I personally post and then Pink Lily will post and my videos as a personal content creator will always get 10 times more engagement or go viral where it's a brand is almost just kind of penalized with some of their, you know, um, they can't use viral music. They can't use, you know, it's all got a, it's under a different umbrella when you're a brand versus personal. And I feel like every brand out there hasn't really, I haven't, I personally haven't seen brands that have really succeeded in TikTok yet. You're really funny on Instagram. Like your videos are really funny. Did Have you always been like, did it take you a while to find your voice on socially? Or did you always know how you wanted to express yourself? Because I feel like nailing your brand, not just as Pink Lily, but as Tori Gerbig, like you are on brand all the time. Like, you know, your brand, you're funny, you put great content out. Did that take a while to figure that out? Because I feel like a lot of people are trying to become content creators and they can never quite nail it. And you actually give a lot of tips about starting a brand and like locking into that. But tell me about finding your personal brand. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, it's changed over the years, you know, in the back in the beginning during 2020, during the pandemic, um, you know, I think I had like 70,000 followers on Instagram, wasn't crazy or anything, but um, I started posting on TikTok and some of them just really did blow up viral with some of our story about like owning a business and how it started. And so I grew really quickly on TikTok. Um, but really in my brain, honestly has changed over the years. In the beginning, it was more just telling about the success story and trying to help Um, others and inspire them. And that will always be my core. But over the years, I also, you know, a a lot of girls here are like, 
hey, you're, you're, you and your husband are pretty funny together. You should actually share some of this stuff or you should share your day in the lives, like take people along with how it is to be a mom and to run a business. And so like, I've definitely opened it up. I also love to cook and I love to travel. So, you know, just even travel hacks or cooking tips, things like that, and really broaden it. So people understand I am a person too, and not just only like the CEO of Pink Lily. Cause for in 2020, it was pretty much just, okay, this is who I am. I'm, I'm only like the CEO, but then I'm like, actually I have three kids and I have all these things too. So it's really more about sharing my life as a whole on my personal brand um, and taking people along with this unique journey of, you know, running this hundred million dollar company, having three kids, elementary school and preschool, and, you know, just kind of what goes into that, but also things that I enjoy too. What are you trying to, what message are you trying to get across to people who follow you? For my personal brand, it's more about you know, chasing your dreams, not being afraid to to do things in life that scare you. You know, on Mondays, I always share motivation Monday quotes. And, um, you know, I try to, especially in my reels and my TikToks here and there. And then also just being very positive about your outlook of life and, you know, having the confidence to go after anything that might scare you and and being positive while doing it and just trying to be a positive role model for um, any any female out there, no matter what age she is. Um, I really just want to inspire her to, to, you know, be confident and to, to be positive with the life that she lives. Love that. So you said when you were growing up, you didn't see any women CEOs, like you didn't really think this was a possible dream for you. Like it wasn't something that was anyone thought could happen. So when you start breaking those ceilings, what what happened to the your wiring, your internal guidance system? Like when you started realizing that those were just ceilings that could be broken, like what shifted in you? Like how do you view the world? Like, you know, you grow up with one set of beliefs and then all of a sudden now here you are living a totally different life, living a dream that you had to forge your own way through. How has that shift what has that shift done in for you and your life? Just going from thinking you're limited to becoming unlimited. I think it's definitely, I mean, I always feel like I have something to prove. Um, but I, you know, especially growing up, I, that I'm one of five, four, I have three sisters. So I'm the fourth girl. And, um, you know, my mom was a teacher. My dad was a factory worker. We did not, we barely got by. Um, but it wasn't ever, you know, said, okay, you could do this in life. It was more like, okay, you should just go get your nursing degree or your, become a teacher. Not that anything is ever wrong with any of those, but it was never said, okay, well, actually, you know, you might be able to go to business school and you might be a leader one day, you know, in some of those. So that was never really said to me. And then of course, once I started um, in the workforce, that's actually where a lot of it probably came from too. There were things that I wanted to do my first job and my second job and I kept saying, you know, no, this is where you belong. You're a hostess or no, you're the breadstick girl. Cause you're the girl and you're the you're breadstick girl. You're like, Oh no, I'm not the breadstick girl. And I was like, you know, at my second job, I was like, I really want to be a bartender all the bartenders were guys. And I was like, wait, that's not fair. Like, I want to be a bartender too. But they're like, no, you're the hostess. And I was like, okay, no, no, no. So um, over the years in my jobs, especially the the two or three, I had so many jobs, but over the, there's like two or three that I know of where I had male bosses that always just like prioritize the males in the, in the job force to promote them. 
So it kind of just fueled the fire and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna prove all of these people wrong one day and I'm gonna do this because they all think I'm the, the stupid girl and that I should, you know, just be doing the front desk reception, but I'm gonna run a business one day. So I think that really fueled the fire in my, you know, late teens, early 20s. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. Tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. So how does it feel when you prove them all wrong? What does it feel like to get that victory? Yeah, every time I see them, I just smell real big and I'm like, huh? <laughs> Hello? You know, it's, it feels good. I mean, I'm always still trying to improve and always still trying to grow. Um, but yeah, I think that that was the biggest thing is really taking that on. And my goal is to one day, you know, really try to help younger women understand that there aren't there there aren't limitations with what they want to do. And that's something that's very important uh, to me with my daughters too. You know, I encourage them all the time. You know, my, my daughter, we actually had to take her to the emergency room two nights ago. She's totally fine. But I was like, you know what? You could be a doctor one day. And like, I try to really encourage them to, you know, anything that they want to do. And I don't set the limitation of like, well, you have to be a male to do that job or you have to be a female to do this job. You really, and you said this in a post, but you really are the American dream. Like you came up with a dream and you, you, you took it all the way to the right. top, which is yeah. beautiful. And that's why I really do try to share my story more than, you know, I'm sure it, it could be annoying to some people who've read it a million times, but I try to share it because there's always going to be new people who find out about it. And I, I want, I, I mean, it, it worked for me and I know there's others out there who, if they follow their dreams, it's going to work out for them too. So what 
is success to you? Because when you first started, it probably was making this business, making a lot of money, becoming self-sufficient, you know, proving these people wrong. It's just, there's probably a lot of things that were driving you in the beginning. And I've tended, I've noticed once people do achieve their dreams, what is the realization of the dream? What does that feel like? And what is success to you now that you have achieved all the things that you set out to do? And I know that's you have more. Hard. I know you have more. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say that's a hard question because I still am always working on improving and you know growing the brand and growing everything. Um, but yeah, like you said, I think the biggest thing is really to, and it has nothing to do even with a monetary. You know, I could still have no money in the bank, but be where I am now and feel like I've been successful. But more about really owning it and growing something from the ground up that now millions of people know about and that you know, really having a voice and a platform that I can use outside of even selling clothes, you know, I can go out there and say, okay, I'm going to do this fundraiser and we're going to raise this much money. And I have women who are following along and donating and making a change in society. So I think success for me is really just, you know, overall becoming an influential person that I wouldn't have done otherwise without this business. So um, yes, it's great to have, you know, customers and support and have a company that, you know, like I said, is a brand that is nationally recognized, but without that, um, I would still be working for it always, but it's also, you know, success is coming from just like the, the change that I see in others um, that I'm helping create in them. What do you do to take care of yourself? Because you have so much going on. How do you make sure that you are good and well? Yep. I take like at least six or seven vacations a year because that is number one. Like, I'm good like, I for go you. I got to go. You know, we went to Italy a couple months ago. We have to. I have to. Like that is something for my so mental health. You make health. sure to play. Make sure to plan. Yes. Have something to look forward to. And just Yes. I'm always looking forward to the next trip. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm like, okay, where can I go now? Um, but I also like, I just got off the treadmill a little while ago. I try to, you know, walk a couple of miles a day every day. I have a desk treadmill here at work. Amazing. Um, I try to get active with my kids. We go hiking, biking and, and whatnot. And then I also cook a lot. I love to cook at home. You know, I ordered salmon earlier. We're going to do salmon and broccoli tonight. So really just trying to eat well and take care of myself. It's very important for my mental health and also to give me, you know, actually keep me focused throughout the day and to be able to sustain with the amount of work I have to do. How do you find work family balance from someone who has so much on your plate and three kids and Mm -hmm. it's all a priority, I'm sure. How do you make the balance? Like, how do you prioritize it? It's gotten a lot better over the last couple of years. In the very beginning, the first five or six years, it was horrible because we, it was you know, a couple of us here, my sister-in-law is one of them. She's been working with me since the beginning. We were always having to do everything. And I was like, I feel like I'm always at work. Now, over the last few years, especially, we've hired a lot more directors, a lot more managers, a lot level, exec level leaders that can help step up. So it's not always just, okay, wait, I've got to send out the email and I've got to do this. Um, 
So now I'm definitely focused more high level than having to be in the weeds all the time. So it does allow me to be able to, you know, leave here every day in the afternoon and spend the evenings with my kids. I do still have to travel some for work, but as much as I can, I, you know, every single weekend, we are always together every single, most for the most part, every single night we have dinner together. I don't miss very many wall games. I'm going to my kids Thanksgiving lunch and my daughter's trunk or treat this week. So it's like a lot of things I do prioritize since I am self-employed, you know, for the most part, like we, I I can do what I want. So that means if I have to leave a couple hours early to go to my kids events, I can work at nighttime if I want to, or, you know, come in early. So that part really works out for me. And I feel like the last two years, especially pretty much since the pandemic, honestly, it's, we've had a a much better balance, um, which is weird because that's when my third child was born. You'd think that would have been harder, but um, it seems like it's worked out a lot better. We also have help. You know, we have, my daughter just started preschool this past couple of months ago, but we do have, she has a babysitter that helps us if she's sick. And my mom is right down the road. If there's ever a late night that I have to go to dinner or something. So we are fortunate in that aspect as well. So your third child is an IVF baby. The first two weren't yes. right. Right. Yes. Yeah. So Reese was uh, born January 1st, 2020, two months before the pandemic. And she actually was in a freezer for nine months first, like, cause she was my third embryo with that uh, round of IVF. So it's, she's actually like nine months older than she really is. It's kind of crazy to think about. I have a couple of friends who have IVF kids. They're all IVF and like, they're from the same batch and like they're years yeah. apart. And it's so wild. Like modern yes. science is so phenomenal. So how did you guys decide to do an IVF journey after you had gotten pregnant naturally? I have been on a pregnancy journey. I I saw that you had a miscarriage or I don't know if you've had multiple, but I've had multiple miscarriages. And it's like the pregnancy journey is so much more emotional and it's so layered to get to that child. It's, It's not the same for anyone at all. And there's so many ways to get there and there's so much heartbreak. There's a lot of victories. But how did you guys decide to go on that journey after you had had the other two naturally? Cause it's not an easy journey to go on the IVF journey. No, for sure. It's definitely not. Um, so we, during, after my sec, my daughter was born, my second child, um, we, my husband and I were like, okay, we're done. You know, we're just going to go ahead and, you know, take steps to, you know, make sure we don't have kids in the future. And then fast forward a few years later, I was like, wait, 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 maybe I do want to have one more <laughs> child. So, um, instead of him, you know, going through a reversal, we also realized I was having um, like polycystic ovaries. So I get this pretty often on my ovaries and being older that, I, and I'm not, I wasn't even old, but it was so weird. They were like, you know, you're, you're 30. I can't remember how old am I now? 36. So it would have been 32. They're like, you're 32. It's not going to be the same as you getting pregnant at 25. You're having these cysts pop up. You've had your gallbladder removed. You've had all these issues going on with your stomach. You've had a lot going on you should go through IVF. And at first I was like, you know what, that makes sense, but it's going to be easy. We're going to go through it. I'm going to be pregnant within two months. I had no idea it was going to take over a year. You know, it went through the first round failed. They did a lot of testing. They're like, okay, these cysts, it's the the PCOS. And um, you're also, my hormone levels were so off and I have an underactive thyroid and that was causing a lot of issues. So then we went through testing. We went through the second round. The second round miscarried. And that was January of um, 2009 or 2019. And so then I turned around and I was actually in work the next day. And I was like, I'm miscarrying, but I have so much work to do. But and you crying. showed up to work when you were miscarrying? I had to because we had so much going on. We had to go on a trip two weeks later for a photo shoot. And 
it was just a horrible time. I was like, okay, I'm going through this IVF, but I also have to go through with work. I have to make sure we stay in a good place with things. I can't just check out for all this time. So it was like some of the hardest times ever and so just like depressing. But come April, they gave it another month and a half after I miscarried to start again. And so it was our last embryo. Supposedly she was like the lowest quality embryo. Um, they put her in and we were, I was on an influencer trip that, uh, May and I had to go do blood testing every single day during the trip. And still had to do, I had to ask one of the girls here. She still works here. Actually, she did my IVF shots in my butt like while we were on the trip. <laughs> I was having to do it on the plane. And I was like, I stayed like very consistent and made sure I did not miss a shot, anything. Cause I was going through IVF at that point, almost a year. And we found out we were pregnant right when I got back in the very beginning of May that year. So it worked out. It was a long, hard journey and it sucked having to work the whole time and like still having to run a company. But um, yeah, so now she's going on four years old. She'll be four in January. What did you take away from that journey? Because like I've had four miscarriages now and like each one I've had like a different spiritual experience personally. Like I don't know if it hit you on that level, but like I feel like just realizing it's such a bigger, there's such something so much bigger at play and like having to just surrender over, yeah. like literally you can't control it. You can to some degree, like science has come so far, but ultimately it's out of our hands. Like what did you have any kind of like spiritual experience from that or any kind of like feeling that you took away? Like, did it like, how did it hit you when you were like, had to go through the miscarriage, I guess is what I'm asking. Yeah. So, well, the first part, the hardest realization is like coming to terms with like the world does not stop. Like your job doesn't stop. Your life doesn't stop. You still have. And at the time we had a three-year-old and a five-year-old. I still have kids I had to take care of. I still had, you know, a answer emails that needed answering. I'm sitting here mourning the loss of, you know, my child that I really wanted to be pregnant with. And all this is happening all at the same time, but I still had to continue going on about my day. And I feel like it with any death, that is the hardest thing to deal with is like, you know, the world just continues to go and you feel so small and you feel so helpless and you still have to like continue with your, with your life, which is hard. Um, the biggest thing that I, and this is what I try to preach anytime I ever post about my story is having faith because I am trusting that it's all going to work out no matter how it works out. Because had I not miscarried or had it not failed in the beginning, I would have a different child than I have now. Like Reese would not be here. She would still be in a freezer or she would be with somebody else because we had opted to donate my my embryos after we had uh, our last pregnancy. Isn't that wild? She could have been raised by someone else. I know. And like, I could not imagine she is the best, most like fun child, such a delight. My ki- my older two kids are obsessed with her just as much as we are. And I could not imagine her not being here or her, you know, not being our daughter. So I feel like that's the biggest thing is like, and that's what I always try to preach. No matter what, if you're struggling, you're going through a miscarriage. If you're having a hard time getting pregnant, it, it, it's all going to work out the, the way it's supposed to work out. So when you say having faith, like, do you, do you have faith? What does your faith feel like to you? How do you practice your faith? Because I feel the same way. Like I've lived through so many things in my life now from like just different stuff in the entertainment industry to miscarrying to crazy things happening in life where I'm like, I have no other way to explain life or to be able to survive life without faith. So how does your faith play into all that you do and have accomplished and gone through? 
Yeah, I mean, I've grown up, you know, actually a backwoods Southern Christian <laughs> Baptist. So we went to when I was a church, uh, we went to church when I was a kid. It was a one room wooden church with an outhouse and a wood stove. So we're from Kentucky, of course. Um, but you know, it's it's evolved over the years. It's something that um I've definitely had times where I didn't have it, you know, in college and dealing with depression and overcoming some of those. And I've tried to really work it back into my life, you know, reading devotionals and taking time. I am a very anxious person and I know that, you know, the more I lean into my faith and the more that I take time to go to church or to to really uh, take time to read devotionals, that it honestly helps lessen my anxiety and it helps the my whole outlook and demeanor for, you know, that time period in that day. Um, so we're really, I'm really working on it to to make it a larger part of my life. You know, we do take time to, uh, me personally, I take time to pray and I take time to read devotionals. Um, but yeah, it's something that without it, I think I would have spiraled out of control at this point in my life because, you know, there have been really hard times in my life that I've overcome. And I think without it, I just would not be where I am today. I feel the same way. I feel like that it's just this world and especially with all the wars that keep popping mm-hmm. all every day it's like new more bad news happening all over the place and i'm like where is god in all this but then it also just makes me realize that like we have to shine even brighter because it is so dark out there when you are a light when you do have a platform it's like you you have to speak the light because the world can be so dark but it also can be so light and it's just this dualistic place that we live in that's so confusing that I feel like kind of the same as you when I was in my early twenties, I always had faith and I had so many crazy adventures from like going on the amazing race to having multiple record deals to like living this rock and roll lifestyle. My husband's the same way. He's had like four <laughs> record deals, number one songs, like toured with everyone from Jason Aldean to Kid Rock to Darius Rucker. And it's like, I've seen the highest of the high to the lowest of the low. I've seen people who have all the money in the world to people who are the most broke in the world. And it's like the thing that creates the true joy and happiness. And I've had this podcast now for 2016 and I've interviewed just, just like yourself, like CEOs, top musicians and artists. And it's like, I always try to get to the core of like, what is real happiness? What is real success? Because like you, you've grown from all this debt, in a dream to now your $141 million in revenue. And it's like all the success in the world is important to fulfill your, to follow your heart and to show yourself what you're made of and to accomplish these dreams. But ultimately it has to be something bigger. I feel like to sustain true happiness and joy, because there's always going to be a next level. There's always going to be someone to catch up with. There's always going to be a, you know, a new level of just, the, the the hamster wheel never stops, especially when you're a driven person. But I just feel like for me personally, seeing all the different lives that I've seen and living such a wild life myself and hitting their mats so many times, I've hit rock bottom so many times that I can't, I just can't make it without faith anymore. And I always love just to hear how faith plays a role in, in people's lives who are successful like yourself, because when you have all the money in the world, like that does make you happy, but like it, it feels like there has to be something more too, you know? Yeah. 
Uh, I absolutely agree. Yes. I mean, and that's the where the biggest thing that especially is coming into the play in the last few years is like we've hit milestone after milestone and it's like, okay, wait, what's next? What's going to make me feel complete? And that's not ever going to make me feel complete. It's not going to make me feel at the end of the day that, you know, pure happiness is not going to come from that. It's not going to come from your bank account. It's not going to come from the plaques on the wall. It's going to come from, you know, what you believe in and, and the faith that you have. And, um, you know, it's really helped me over the last few years, especially focus in on what matters the most in this life. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. I think all the accolades and all the achievements are amazing and they should be done. This life should be enjoyed. We should accomplish every dream that we have in our heart. Like I think God puts these dreams on our heart for a reason. I think they're there for a reason. And to, you should take it all the way to the top, but it's just finding that balance, you know, finding that balance of like what really is, what really is true happiness, what really is, what really makes a life feel feel true joy and peace and calmness and contentment and I've just been on this quest for so long because I also have had lots of anxiety I've had so much anxiety for so long and I'm just always trying to figure out like what are the real cures for anxiety how can I actually <laughs> calm my nervous system down and find true peace and contentment just in the being and I think that's so great that you have your outlets like you love to cook and you love to travel and what has traveling done for you? Because seeing the world is such a game changer. Like being able to see how other people live and being able to see that like 
you know, like our, our life is so amazing, but like, there's such a big world out there, you know, what have you learned from traveling and seeing the world? So the biggest thing, especially with our, my children. So we actually started when our, my 10 year old, he was three, I think the first time we left the country and, um, you know, prior to having this business, I think my husband and I went on one trip after we got married, you know, to Florida. And that was it. Like I had only been to Florida in my entire life when, besides like Tennessee, you know, Tennessee and Florida. And that was it. So when we started this business and our kids were born, we made it really important. Very, like when they were really young, we're going to go outside of the U.S. We're going to go, you know, travel other states and go places because we can't just, you know, just not do that. You know, so we and originally it started out, OK, let's just go on a vacation. But then now it's something so much more. I, you know, I don't want my kids to just grow up and say, okay, well, this is how life is because we live in this little bubble. I want them to understand that there are people in all walks of life everywhere that we go that are totally different and that it's not just this, you know, our town and that's it. So, you know, when we went to Italy, especially and no one, I mean, yes, they speak English some, but it's like very, you know, broken or hard to understand, especially when we went to Northern Italy, it was mostly, they were speaking German there. My kids were just like, what is this? Like, we have no idea how to communicate and, and, you know, really opens their eyes of like, there are so many people in so many different places. And it is so important to, to be a kind human and to learn about other cultures and to really understand that we're not all the same and we're all made different. And I think it's really helped them grow and blossom, but me too, you know, it's, it's been something that for so long, I just thought, okay, well, this is how everyone does things. This is how, but it's opened my eyes to be really understanding that some people may think one way and other people do things differently. And that's just not the same across all lines. And it's really been, it's opened my heart to really like understand that there's all walks of life and people from all walks of life. And I feel like that's why I get along with everybody and I focus on a community and that I am never one to judge anybody by the color of their skin or what they're wearing or where they live or the state of their house or, you know, their what's in their bank account. It's really opened my eyes to to it. And it's really important for us to to involve our kids and to take them along traveling. So our goal is to, you know, go internationally every single year. We're talking about, you know, France next summer and just to really travel other places and even do mission trips down the road when they're a little older and can understand um, to help out those in need. That's amazing. So the power of community is really important to you. And you've really grown your whole business on community because you said it took off once you formed that Facebook page. That's when it really started to like grow so exponentially. Tell me why community matters to you so much. I feel like the biggest thing is we all want to be a part of a community. We all feel especially after the pandemic, you know, very isolated, very lonely. And, you know, the amount I even used to get together with my friends and my family has lessened over the years. So it's really always been a focus of mine, even prior to the pandemic, to have, you know, customers be a community. You know, our VIP Facebook group has over 125,000 women in there where people can share their photos and get get, you know, advice. They can ask these questions. They can have people and friends that they meet outside of, you know, just their little bubble at that they live in and really like become a community. It's been a huge focus of mine because 
I feel like not everyone is just open to it. You know, not everyone lives in big cities or has that community or goes to church or works. You know, there's isolated people who are at home every single day. And and to really have these social communities that have turned into real life communities has always been that big focus. So with my personal brand and with my um, with Pink Lily, with that brand, it's always been about community and taking customer feedback and turning them into friends and doing events and really like just helping, you know, lift them up and being positive with these social platforms and, and turning it into community has always been my number one focus. And that's so true. And especially even with clothes, like clothes can make you feel so good about yourself and or bad about yourself. So to mm-hmm. have like a community where you're feeling uplifted, where people are encouraging you and encouraging your style and because encur- when you feel good in clothes, you feel better about yourself. And I think that yep. that's a huge that's awesome that you bring that to women and you encourage women to be supporters of each other through fashion and then through the friendships that that brings. That's truly a gift and that brings joy to the world. How does it feel to have this huge warehouse? I mean, I was looking at your stories and your videos on your page and like the amount of inventory that you have. Do you do you just know how to manage it? Have you just scaled at a rate? And you talk about scaling and growing a business. Have you just scaled at a rate that you can handle this? Because like that is a lot to handle. How, how does yeah. that? How do you do that? It is a lot, and no, um, I do not know how to manage all of it. We have a you know warehouse manager, operations manager. We have forecast planning, all of that now because. I, there's definitely been times where I'm like, okay, I bought too much. And now there's like a lot of people in place like, hey, this is our budget for the year. Uh, But yeah, we are lucky. We have our warehouse manager. He is, you know, he came from Amazon and really helped us get it organized. And um, we have a lot of automations in place now. And just, you know, over the years have really had some, you know, consultants come and do it. Because that is not something that I am familiar with, with warehousing. I'm like, I can pick out cute outfits and I can sell clothes and I can build a community and I can market it, but I cannot run a warehouse. So <laughs> luckily that is not something that, you know, I oversee it, but we have great, great uh, managers and leaders in place that have really like scaled and improved it. Our warehouse is state of the art. We actually have two, but our larger one, that's 160,000 square feet. It's, it's, oh, it's amazing. Like I walk over there and I'm always blown away. So by organized. It. It's so yes. like, organized and like clean and even when you're doing your warehouse sale where people come to shop, like all that's organized. It doesn't feel like chaos at all. It feels so put together and like well, everything. That's great. I'm glad you said that. Sometimes I feel like it feels like chaos at the warehouse sale. Well, I mean, just from looking at it from my perspective, I'm like, dang, this is a system. Y'all have a system yeah. in place. How important is it to you to hire the right people? Do you hire them and then trust them and let them fly? Or, or do you have a hard time like still trying to like, micromanage it all or like how do you feel about your hires like is it do you let it go and distribute the task to them or do you are you how is your work work cycle with everyone it really depends on the position and the department. There's definitely some things I have absolutely no involvement in. I am not involved with finance whatsoever or accounting. If they ask me anything, I'd be like, I don't even know how to use Excel. So <laughs> I don't even step on their toes at all. Um, but there's definitely areas, you know, like I'm over the buying team and we meet weekly and we're, you know, really like a a team that works together on the assortment. And 
as long as we find people with a really good work ethic and will actually show up and do the work, that is always more important to me than having like tons of experience, but you're lazy and you don't show up to work. So um, there's a lot of people over the years who have been with us for seven, eight, nine years, even 10 that had no experience, but I trained them and I worked with them and they're amazing and they're still here today. And then there's also people who've come that had great resumes and then they lasted six months and then they left because they they didn't have the work ethic. So I think if it's the right person and the right um, the work ethic, then they are easily trainable. And then I don't have to be my I don't micromanage ever. But, you know, I definitely always have a say in certain parts of the the brand, especially like photography or influencers. We work with certain things that really we want to stay on brand. Um, but we have the right leaders in place where I trust that they're doing the right job. That is so true. Like the resume really doesn't matter if the person doesn't have the work ethic. What do you look for in a hire? Like what is someone who has all the checklists of what you're looking for? Like what, if someone who's trying to apply for a job and be an excellent asset to a team, like what would you be looking for? So on a resume, the one thing I look for is how long they've been at their last position. If they've only been there three months and then the position before that's three months or three months, you know, every their job hopping, I typically don't interview them. But if they have been loyal to a company and they've been there for years and their resume is actually shorter than, you know, longer, it doesn't matter if they may not have as much experience. They were very loyal and they they weren't just job hopping. I think the biggest thing too is I actually never even look at what their degrees in. Like if it, it doesn't matter if you are applying for a marketing position, but you have a different degree because if you have any kind of experience and you've been loyal and you have the work ethic, then you know it does. It, we, it's trainable. It's more about their personality when they're interviewing and and having confidence too. I know, like whenever I ask some questions. If they really don't have goals for themselves for life, or if they're really like too like uninterested in the job or asking questions to me, then it's typically not a good fit. You know, I want them to come in here and be confident and to have goals for themselves, goals for how they can help improve the position and be loyal to their past um, employers. And typically that's where I find the best people and the best hires. I love that. Okay. I'll wrap up soon because I know you got a lot to do. But tell me some, you have you'd written some blogs and there's some articles and you, you lay out some really great steps about starting a business. Um, one was like finding a gap in the market, reinvesting your profits, finding fun, unique ways to engage your social media followers, empower loyal customers to be brand ambassadors, find something you can truly own. How did you, how did you tell me about these steps a little bit and how you got to them and why they matter? Yeah. So I feel like a lot of the steps are really honestly like a lot of the things that we did, you know, we built out our ambassador program and we opened it up immediately to our top customers. You know, if they're shopping with us three or four times a year and they're wearing pinkly always, they should absolutely be a brand ambassador. You know, they should um, tell everybody about it. They should get commissions off of it. You know, like they're already loyal customers and um, ambassador programs always help businesses grow. Um, having a gap in the market, that's exactly how pinkly started. There was a gap in the market. It was not easy to find clothing that really like, was unique and stood out and very put together, but on a budget and a, a great price point. And that was the gap in the market that we had. And, um, you know, uh, ensuring that you have some of those in place, it's, it's very important because that's these are the steps that I took and things that we did to grow. I love that. And then you also talk about like marketing towards your ideal customer. How did you find your ideal customer? How did you know who your ideal customer was? Honestly, I just 
kind of just took me as the ideal customer. <laughs> and I was like 26, 27 when we started and I was broke and I was a new mom. And I was like, I love these like really cute Lulitzer dresses or I love this and this, but I can't spend $200, but I can't spend 40. You know, what would I spend? What would I wear? What would I buy? As a mom, what would I do? You know, as somebody who lives in the Midwest with very low income or middle class, you know, what could I do or what would I want? So I've always put myself as like the customer, like base always being, you know, here was what I had when I had budgets that I lived on and what I would want to buy. And then over the years, I've just gotten to know our customers to be able to really communicate with them. And that's where our community comes into play so much. Like I will ask them, I'll post photos. I'm like, hey, you all love this. What color would you want? What price point would you be okay with? And I always take them along on my buying trips and my markets and things like that to get input. Because if you're not buying for the customer, then you're not going to have a successful business. You should always have the customer front of mind um, before you purchase anything. So you really communicate through social media with your customers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's always been the the number one way that we get immediate feedback from our customers. That's awesome. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Tori. I always wrap up with one question, which is leave your light. And it's super open-ended. And basically, it's just what do you want people to know? Um, I would say I want people to know that no matter what, no matter um, what you choose to do in this life, that, you know, if you have a positive outlook, that your life can can be drastically different. It doesn't matter if you're a server or if you're, you know, a CEO of a hundred million dollar brand. If you're positive, you can make an impact in others, other people's lives. And you can also truly change your life. So I would say I would encourage everyone to just always have a positive outlook with their, their life and their day and to always try to lift up others. And they're going to ultimately see that their life is truly better and more um, fulfilling. And just like you, a, a dream can come true. All, like You started off with nothing and look at you now what you built by believing your dreams with this positivity. Anyone can do it. It's the American dream. It's available to anyone if you believe and have this positive attitude. That's amazing, Tori. Thank you so much for joining me. Everyone check out Pink Lily if you haven't already. It's amazing. You have so many cool sales. Holiday season's coming up. Perfect time to go check it out. Um, Where can everyone find you? Um, On Instagram, it's just at Tori Gerbig or at Pink Lily. And then the website's pinklily.com. Thank you so much for joining me. You're such a true inspirational story, Tori. It was so great to get to chat with you and hear your journey. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.